On February 3rd, I read an article on Yahoo News about an event that is beyond sad. Approximately 15 miles southwest of Scranton in a township, there were some neighbors who got into an argument over snow removal. Well, the argument escalated quickly and became filled with rage as one neighbor actually opened fire on his neighbors, killing two people. When police arrived on the scene, they found that the individual who had opened fire on his neighbors was also dead because he had taken his own life. While there are a lot of details we don't know about the story, the other neighbors who were observing all of this shared with investigators that there had been a long-standing feud between these individuals. They had a lot of issues. Tragic. Like I said, beyond sad, because these are human beings made in the image of God who are no longer alive. And it just seems like that really didn't need to happen. And perhaps all of that could have been avoided with the words in Colossians chapter 3 that say this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, and here's the example for us. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Those who choose to apprentice with Jesus, they live this way. And of course, they do it imperfectly. But apprentices of Jesus, they choose to make allowance for each other's faults and to forgive anyone who offends them because the Lord has forgiven us. Apprentices choose this kind of life. It's the last phrase of Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, that will serve as our big idea for today. So please take some good notes so that you can come back to this and review it as God brings it to your mind. Here's our big idea for today. Apprenticing with Jesus means that we should make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. Apprenticing with Jesus means that we should make allowance for each other's faults and choose to forgive. So forgiveness is going to be a big theme of what we think through today. We are now in week four of thinking about how we can be better together. This is our church's one-year goal. It is our rallying cry. We want to think about how as a faith community, as we come back together, how we can truly be better together. And I think one of the great ways that occurs is when we intentionally, as followers of Jesus, choose to apprentice with him. We're using that word apprentice, which is a way to talk about following Jesus. 
and placing ourselves intentionally under his authority and doing what he did because he provides a great example. And that continues today with apprenticing with Jesus, means that we should make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. We do that because a better together kind of faith community, it forgives. As we think about being together, we choose to forgive, and that's what makes a faith community truly better together as it apprentices with Jesus It liberally forgives, freely chooses to do that over and over and over again. And we'll see that as we come back to the text. So let's think about this. I have some questions for us all to consider as we dive into thinking about forgiveness. So here we go. Question number one, how is God inviting you deeper into relationship with him? Just contemplate that as we think about freely forgiving each other. How is God inviting you deeper into relationship with him? Now, maybe you're here and you would say, you know, I'm not so sure about the whole God thing and having a relationship with him. I'm just not there yet. I want to say welcome to Valley Point Church. I'm so thankful that you are here And I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to question and think and investigate. I would certainly want you to know today, and I think God wants this for you as well, to know that God desires to have a forever and lasting friendship with you, something that is real and vibrant. God wants that for you. So just think about that as we walk through this conversation on apprenticing with Jesus and intentionally choosing to forgive other people in community. For the rest of us, how is God inviting you deeper into relationship with him? And here's the second question. How is God inviting you to give up control and abandon yourself more fully to him? (laughs) Now that's kind of a tough question, isn't it? How is God inviting us to abandon ourselves more fully to him? See, we may be okay with God growing us, but giving up control intentionally to him, uh, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know. That's kind of a whole different story. Yet, this is what apprentices are invited to do, to give up more control to the one that we are following. This is a hard thing. Because in an enlightened world, we don't really give up control to anyone or anything. We hang on to that. That's in an enlightened world. In God's world, though, apprentices are finding more and more ways to freely give up control to God. And perhaps God is inviting inviting you into a deeper relationship with him through the channel of forgiveness, I think this is how we give up more and more control and follow him faithfully. It's how it happens. So with your Bible or your device, I want you to find the New Testament book of Colossians and chapter 3. 
It is a book that comes after the book of Philippians and right before 1 Thessalonians. These are all letters written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote this particular letter to God's holy people living in the city of Colossae. I share that with you because it's a real letter written by someone to real people living in a real place. And what Paul was trying to emphasize with this particular letter to God's holy people living in this city He wanted to emphasize the preeminence of Christ. Like he's a big deal. Jesus really matters. And we need to apprentice under him and we can do that because he is preeminent. He is important. He is God's son. And because of that, we can apprentice with him, which means we will do some of the things that Jesus did like forgive. In community with each other, we forgive. And this is what we discover in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's read it again. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Let's all say this together. Ready? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. What we find here in Colossians chapter 3 is that the Apostle Paul is giving us a plan. He's giving us some rules for Christian community. And if we're going to survive this, then there are a few things that we need to know, like we have to be ready to forgive. Actually, if you roll back up into verse 12, it says this, God chose you to be the holy people that he loves. So you must clothe yourselves. And I love that phrase, you must clothe yourselves. It has the idea of put this on or dress this way. And then what we find in verse 12, which we're not going to take time to read right now, but I would encourage you to look at it at some point today. In verse 12, we then have a list of items that looks a lot like the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so on and so forth. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to put these things on in your life. I want you to dress with these items because they matter and they help us to look an awful lot like Jesus Christ. I think all of that is a masterful setup for what we then find in verse 13, which is powerful and very arduous. It's very difficult. So keep in mind, verse 12, Paul says, put these things on, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, And then I want you to do this as well as you apprentice with Jesus. And again, it's challenging, so let's just walk through these different phrases and tease them out a little bit. Here we go. Verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults. The construction of the language here is be patient with, put up with, endure. Bear with, accept. 
But this is really hard, isn't it? Like this is what we're supposed to be doing with each other. In community, we make allowance for each other's faults. Are you kidding me? You have to make allowance for my faults. And I have to make allowance for your faults. It's being patient with, putting up with, enduring, bearing with. This is what we are called to do as apprentices of Jesus. So challenging. So make allowance for each other's faults. Be patient with, accept, and forgive, which has the idea here of to cancel a debt. And if you're looking for a quick definition of forgiveness, that's really what it means. You cancel a debt. If I forgive you, I'm canceling something that you have done to me. If I come to you and say, boy, I really messed up. Please forgive me. And if you agree to do that, you are canceling that debt. That's a quick definition. And we'll come back and define forgiveness a little more and then even talk about what it's not. But that's a quick way to think about it. Boy, if I choose to forgive, if I make allowance for each other's faults, if I'm patient with, if I endure, if I bear with and I forgive, I'm choosing to cancel a debt. Really hard thing to do. By the way, the tense of the verb in this sentence, forgive, has the idea of it being something that continues. So it's not like we can, or it's not like we should say, well, I forgave you once and you've exhausted it. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. Even though it's hard, I I can't do it. I can't. No, we are patient we endure, we bear with, we accept, and we cancel debts, and we keep doing that over and over and over again for anyone who offends you. And we do this because, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's the breakdown on this one beautiful verse. Again, it's really hard to implement. So here's a way to paraphrase this. Be patient and accept each other. Cancel debts. Remember that Christ's work on the cross is the basis for forgiving others. Okay, so let's personalize this. Think about yourself right now. Think about your world, your family, your workspace, your school. Think about some of the relationships there. Think about some of the things that have happened in your life. Here's the challenge and the paraphrase of Colossians 3.13. Be patient. Valley Point Church, you be patient with each other. You do that. And accept each other. Cancel debts. Remember that Christ's work on the cross Every time we see the image of the cross, it's a reminder that his work on the cross is the basis for our forgiving each other. So as we think about being in community with each other, and I know I'm annoying at times. None of you ever are. I know you don't have that issue, but as we think about being in community with each other, be patient, accept each other, Cancel debts, that's the idea of forgiveness. 
and do all of this with the great example of Christ in mind because his work on the cross is the basis for forgiving others. So let's kind of define forgiveness in a deeper way. Here's one way to describe it. It's releasing the keys of unforgiveness so that the offense no longer drives a wedge between us. Again, that's the idea of canceling a debt or canceling the keys of unforgiveness so that the offense, whatever the problem may be, is no longer driving a wedge between us. It's gone. I love what scholar Richard Foster says about this. He's done some amazing work on spiritual formation, and he describes it this way. Forgiveness means that the power of love that holds us together is stronger than the power of the offense that separates us. So when I forgive you or when you forgive me, we're unleashing the keys of unforgiveness so that the offense no longer drives a wedge between us. And we're communicating, we're saying to each other and to the community at large that the power of love that holds us together is stronger than the power of the offense that separates us. Okay, great. Right? Sounds wonderful. Let's just all do that. (laughs) Except that it's a really hard thing to do. It sounds good on paper. Let's unleash forgiveness. And the power of our love should be stronger than the power of the offense. Sounds wonderful. It's a great theory. But what about when we have to actually implement this in our relationships with each other? When there's real offense, And there's real pain. And there's real hurt. C.S. Lewis said a long time ago that everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. (laughs) And maybe you feel the same way. Sounds great, but wow, when it's my turn or when something has happened to me, it's a whole different story. So here's what I want to do. I want to get very practical and just throw some questions at forgiveness so that we can capture this perhaps in a more effective way and walk out with some tools and some things that we can use in our lives as we seek to forgive and as we need to go and ask forgiveness of other people that we have offended as well. All of this material, these questions and the content with it, can be found under Sunday resources, under the talk notes. So I would encourage you maybe to do this. If you like taking notes, that's great. You can still do that. But we're going to fly through this in a way that you're probably not going to be able to write everything down. So maybe you just want to set that aside for a few moments and just take this in and listen and think about what God might be whispering into your heart about the need for forgiveness And how apprentices with Jesus, they just step into this and they do it quickly and they do it willingly because this is what God has called us to do with the example of Christ who's forgiven us so much. Okay, so let's consider this. Again, we want to move beyond theory, unleashing the keys of forgiveness. That's great. Yeah, the power of love should be greater than the power of the offense. Okay, what does this mean though as we walk through it? Here we go. Question number one, what does forgiveness not mean? I think sometimes describing it that way can bring greater clarity. So here's what forgiveness doesn't mean. 
Forgiveness does not mean pretending nothing happened, that you weren't hurt in some way. That's simply not true. Something did occur. There is pain for a reason. So forgiveness does not mean pretending nothing happened at all. Just forget about it. Forgiveness does not mean that we will cease to hurt even when we step into this. Forgiveness is often a point in time, but it's also a process. There is pain there, and it takes time. Forgiveness does not mean that we will cease to hurt, that it's just gone. Forgiveness does not mean that we magically forget the offense. Like, oh, maybe if I do this, I'll just forget about this terrible thing that has been said about me or this terrible thing that has been done to me. Now, there's no magic here. Forgiveness does not mean that we just let abuse occur because I'm supposed to forgive and be nice. And we should never allow abuse to occur. We have to remove ourselves from those situations and find protection. So forgiveness does not mean I just have to let that occur because, well, I have to forgive. It's what Scripture says. It's what Jesus wants. So I have to be nice and just let this occur. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean, I just want to say it one more time, that we will forget the offense. We won't. Yet, as apprentices, we are called to do this, to release the keys of unforgiveness so that the offense no longer drives a wedge between us. We are called to a power of love, which really should be greater than the power of the offense that separates us. So let's keep asking some more questions. Here's number two. What should I do when someone confesses to me? When someone comes and they seek forgiveness, what do I do? Well, first, listen with tenderness. I think we have to hear this out with humility and tenderness. And then don't try to minimize the seriousness of the offense. Often these can be very awkward situations, right? You've probably been in them before. It's like, oh, you know, they're doing this. And often we say, you know, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. I found myself saying that to people who are seeking forgiveness. It's no big deal. Forget about it. Well, if someone is coming to you in humility, it is a big deal to them. There has been an offense And God really may be working in their heart to start the process of healing the whole relationship. So let's not minimize what has happened here by saying it's no big deal. It really is a big deal. And this is a great start to repairing and restoring. Don't try to fix, because that may take a lot of time and many more conversations. Be emotionally present. Hurt with those who hurt. Remember last week we talked about how apprentices with Jesus laugh with those who laugh? Even if they're irritating to us, let's rejoice with them if they've had good news. And let's also hurt with them or cry with those who have experienced some level of pain or loss. That's the heart of this. Be emotionally present and hurt with others because no doubt they're hurting. And then finally, affirm your love and God's forgiveness. Affirm your love 
even if that's a really difficult thing to say, and God's forgiveness, because that's a truthful thing to do. Okay, question number three. When should I go and seek forgiveness? When do I go? Well, when it is clear that I have hurt, or if I've been hurt. If I know I've blown it, I really got angry with someone and responded in a way that was not appropriate, okay, this is bothering me, it's stirring in my heart, I can't let go of it, I need to go because I've hurt. I think it's also fair to go and approach someone when we have been hurt. And if that is lingering in our minds and we're not able to let go of that, then I think it's appropriate to go and begin that conversation as well. So when should I go and seek forgiveness? When it is clear that I have hurt or I have been hurt, if we want to start that conversation. And then the second part of this is when I can no longer make allowance or let love cover. When I can't do that anymore, okay, this has happened to me. Here's what they said or did. If I can't let love cover a multitude of sins, then it's time for me to confront that. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, we are given just a beautiful template for walking through these kinds of things. And what we find in chapter 4 is the challenge to be hospitable, which is really unique. That, That was a high value in the ancient world, being hospitable to people, even to enemies. Because I think there's something about hating the person who's in the room with you. That's a difficult thing to do. And then when we're sharing food, life just gets better. So maybe that's why they loved it in the ancient world and something we need to consider as we go about the process of seeking forgiveness, that hospitality in this really can be a key. Well, what you find in 1 Peter chapter 4 is practice being hospitable, and it follows that with this phrase, let love cover a multitude of sins. And often this is what I think we're called to do in our interactions with each other. Okay, I'm going to let love cover that. I don't have to approach. I don't have to attack. I don't have to go after someone. I'm just going to let love cover a multitude of sins. When I am not able to do that anymore, and this thing keeps coming up in my mind, I think that's a sign where we need to go and seek forgiveness. I hope those questions make sense to you and that you find them to be helpful as you walk through forgiveness issues. Let me share three takeaways with you, okay? Number one, be lavish with forgiveness. I think this is what we see in Scripture. I believe this is what apprentices of Jesus are called to do, to be liberal with this, just lavishly forgive. And we have an example in Christ who forgives us constantly. Doesn't he? (laughs) Of course he does. How often do you find yourself stepping before the throne of grace and saying, okay, God, I'm here again, and I've messed up again, and it's this same thing again? And what do we know about our gracious God. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just. He cannot deny himself. 
he will forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he does that repeatedly. And this is what we see throughout Scripture. So the encouragement for all of us is as we think about forgiveness and the things that bother us in life, let's be lavish with forgiveness. Remembering the cross, the greatest example we have of someone who forgave us. So be lavish with forgiveness. Here's takeaway number two. Memorize Colossians 3.13. I would really encourage you to do that. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the cross and Jesus has forgiven us. This would be a great verse for everyone to memorize. So I want to encourage you to take this along with our church-wide life verses found in Romans chapter 15. And whatever verse or verses you may have chosen for your life verses this year, and just put all that together and see if there's not a theme there of considering, okay, apprenticing with Jesus looks like this, with one of those verses being, as you live in community with each other, make allowance for each other's faults and be lavish with forgiveness. So let's all work at memorizing Colossians 3, 13. And then the final takeaway is this. Forgiveness can uncomplicate life. It can. It's not easy. But choosing to forgive, it takes the pack of unforgiveness off of our back and cancels that. Think of unforgiveness. Or a time in life where you have been unwilling to do that for whatever reason, you carry that burden with you and it weighs you down. It's like a heavy backpack. And it's crushing. And it's defeating. And it takes all hope and joy. So forgiveness uncomplicates life because it removes the backpack of unforgiveness. It unleashes the keys of unforgiveness so that the offense no longer drives a wedge between us. So forgiveness can uncomplicate life. Lisa Turkist, in her book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And by the way, if you're looking for a resource on thinking about forgiveness and how do you do this, and maybe that's a really hard thing for you, then I would really recommend this book. It's powerful. And Lisa in it unpacks some devastating things that have happened to her and how she has walked through that with the grace of God. So forgiving what you can't forget. She states it this way. Forgiveness is a complicated grace that uncomplicates my blinding pain and helps me see beautiful again. Let's all pursue seeing beautiful again this week. And forgiveness is the path toward that which allows us to apprentice with Jesus, to follow him, and to yield more of our lives to him in dynamic ways. So let's all pursue seeing beautiful again through forgiving others. Now, I will say this. Perhaps as you hear this, and as it lands into your heart right now, you're struggling with something because maybe you sense that there is no way you can forgive. 
It's not possible because the offense is so heavy and so great and so demeaning to you that you're not able to forgive and you don't see a way that would ever be possible in your life. If that's how you're feeling, then I want to share with you, you are loved. You are loved. God certainly loves you and sees all of that and knows the pain that you carry. And while we may not, as a church, know all of that and see all of that, your church loves you as well. And I would encourage you to do this. Surround yourself with compassionate people who may not be able to solve all of the issues, but they can at least hold you up during a difficult time and pray with you and love you and laugh with you and cry with you. And if you need any support or help with that, I would be glad to spend any amount of time that you need in walking through what that may look like in your life. You can call our church office and we will take time with you. We also have other trusted people that we encourage those at Valley Point to see who have the ability on the clinical side and on the biblical side to help people walk through life's issues. And we'd be glad to share those resources with you. So don't carry that alone. I think God wants you to be free. He wants your life to be uncomplicated. So pursue that in grace. Okay? Back to the big idea. Apprenticing with Jesus means that we should make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. May God give us all the courage and the strength to see beautiful this week and to walk with courage. Father, we come before you so grateful that you are a forgiving God. You are. That's what you tell us in your word. And I know so many of us have personally experienced that. Your forgiveness. And we're grateful. And say thank you. God, often living this out in community with others is a really difficult thing to do. because of deep pain and hurt and often we want to hang on to that. God, you know everybody's story in here. You know where we all stand with needing to forgive or even the necessity of going and seeking forgiveness for something that we've done. God, plant these things in our hearts because a better together kind of church is not a church that hangs on to these things. But as we read about in Colossians chapter 3, it's the kind of church that is patient and accepts each other, and cancels debts. With eyes on Jesus and the cross, and what that represents in terms of you forgiving us. So God, whatever business we need to do going out of here, 
give us an interest in that, even though it may be hard. Help us to initiate conversations in humility. And God, I pray that you would use Valley Point to just be a bright light of all of these different apprentices of Jesus going out where we live, work, and play and making things right where we need to. So help us to apprentice with you effectively this way throughout the week. Give us the strength and the courage to do tough things, knowing that you are with us, you're with us, and we thank you for that. Help us to be obedient to you now. We do pray in Jesus' name, amen.